friends. Hello, lovely listeners. This is Chandler Tavaldi. And this is Annie Kaiser. And, and we, we are, are The, the Naked, Naked Call. Call. So today we're taking a little different direction with this episode. We are going to be talking about a theory that Annie and I have developed. We want to start with a little intro of what we've been up to the last two weeks. I was in California for a cousin's wedding. I have about 26 cousins on my dad's side, so a lot of weddings. Hung out with my family and then came back here. You do have a lot of cousins. I feel like I have to do an audit of my friends because I haven't been to a wedding in years. Really? Like, are my friends just not getting married or am I somehow not on the guest list anymore? I think they've removed you. <laughs> they've uh, removed you from the guest I list. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not mad about it, though. What have I been up to? So I have a small child named Banks who just started preschool which has been a real transition in our lives. He started two weeks ago, and he's had a runny nose ever since. So I really don't have anything super exciting to update other than we're just dealing with a new phase of life, and and we're a little tired over here. But you did make time to watch Brene Brown's new special, Netflix special. I did. I'm really trying to make time to do the things that matter. So for me, that includes working out, my exercise is my temple, and full self-care. And it sounds a little bit cliche, but it's so true. You have to you have to carve out time for yourself. Yeah, what an inspiring uh, Netflix series to watch. I watched it too. It, uh, I fucking love her so much. She's so good. I, I just, so my husband and I watched it last night, and we were in bed, and we're like, what were your key takeaways? <laughs> you know, I mean, I know, this is, uh, we also decided that our exciting Friday night plans were going to be putting on the flannel sheets. Oh. Yeah. This is this Are those the winter sheets? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting it's flannel season officially. She's so forgiving and about humanity. Although it's interesting because she says that she's like very so so on humans, like on people. She's like I'm very in her words, masomenos on people, but really big on humanity. I just in a nutshell, I love how for her courage and vulnerability are the same things. And I think most of us were raised, myself included, to think that vulnerability is weakness. And that's a whole load of malarkey. She says that her uh, muse is Theodore Roosevelt. I don't know if you guys have heard uh, the man in the arena quote by Theodore Roosevelt, basically about just being in the game or you're not going to play in a nutshell. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's she has memorized it and it's beautiful. Does yeah. she say it? I haven't actually finished it. Does she say it in the end? I think she says it at the beginning. Oh, she does. Yeah, you can tell she's she's memorized it by heart. Um, it's it's sort of a longer quote, and I don't. I'm not going to try to give you a synopsis. But I think mine is great. He's great. There is a wonderful book. Just to segue like a tiny bit about Theodore Roosevelt, who was a very sickly young man, um, called The River of Doubt. And it's about his trip down the Amazon. Book plug. It's very good. Mm. Anyway. Gotta check that out. Yeah, yeah, check that one out. So before we before we dive into what we're going to talk about today, and Brene Brown is actually in some ways a perfect segue to talk about what we're going to share with you today because it has to do with all these intersecting areas that essentially accumulate in how we relate to our money. So Chandler and I together have cumulatively 12 years of experience. All that to say... We're not some randos off the street. We, we've met with hundreds of clients. We have encountered people from all walks of life with varying different opinions and beliefs and habits around money. 
So from all of our experience, we boiled down what we think success looks like from a financial lens, from our perspective of financial planning, to this theory called SET. That stands for Self, Emotions, and Tactics. And basically picture a Venn diagram, and each of the bubbles is those words, self, emotions, and tactics. And when all three are working in unison, you can achieve financial success and happiness, whatever that looks like for you. So we're going to dive into each one of these bubbles and the overlapping parts to help explain our theory. Love that. Also, just want to say that at the Naked Call, so much of our mission obviously is about financial literacy and setting yourself up tactically for retirement, et cetera, et cetera. But we also take a much broader view of wealth and happiness and health and all of that. And so that's really kind of what SET encompasses also as we get into it and peel back the layers. So layer number one would be the self bubble. And part of our planning process is going through and discovering the different parts of the client's self, which is basically the numbers and the actions that you're currently doing. Like, what job do you have? How much money are you making? It's very... Non-emotional. Non-emotional, very fact-driven. So the actual facts of your everyday life is the self-bubble. Then the next bubble is the emotion bubble. And this is how the client is feeling. And this is a big part of financial planning that we focus on, which a lot... I don't want to say a generalized statement, but traditionally, financial planning doesn't really lean into the emotion side of money. And it is something that is very emotionally charged. So it's something we work through with our clients. We often try to go back to their first money memory, which is usually with their parents, how their family acted around money, emotions about where you're at, your goals. And then where self and emotions overlap is, is what you're doing in line with your values and goals. And okay, you have this emotion of, I want to have a million dollars in the bank. Are you actually doing the steps to reach that goal? And do you believe you can reach that goal? I also think with the emotional piece, it's important to identify sometimes we are a certain way with money because of how we were raised, but we don't necessarily want to carry on that belief around money. So it's also a way for you to really just kind of check and balance. Okay, where am I emotionally with money and is it aligned with what I'm doing professionally? The next bubble is the tactics bubble. We say this is us. For some people, do-it-yourselfers, this is the Googling TikTok videos that are the actual tactics of how you're saving your money, how you're investing your money, how you're making it grow. This is the bubble of what you're actually doing. That's actually where self and tactics overlap is what you're actually doing. And then tactics, that bubble alone is the just what's out there, the different options, like investing in your IRA, utilizing your 401k, real estate, alternative investments, commodities, that would fill the tactics bubble. Then self and tactics overlapping is what you're actually doing. Then emotions and tactics... I find a really interesting overlap. It's what what emotions are fueling your tactics. So why are you doing what you're doing? And again, not to blame our parents. I think a lot of us do blame our parents. But if our parents had success in real estate, we often think, okay, that's the only path for me to create wealth. Or my family is all farmers. They turn against the stock market. Although, you know, as we know, Warren Buffett, we can see has made a ton of money in the stock market. So his bias is to the stock market. I bet his, does he have kids? 
Yeah, he does. Mm -hmm. I bet his kids Mm -hmm. also have that same bias. Whereas my family has a bias towards farming and cows. I'm trying to think about where my family fits into it. My family comes from the business of inheritance. (laughs) And there's not a lot of speaking about money. Money is just there. And so therein lies the void. So... Money just exists, and someone else is managing it, and so there's not a lot of knowledge and conversation around what individuals are doing with their money. Does that make sense? That that totally makes sense. But I think that maybe self is, okay, I inherited all this, but is it really aligning with your emotions? Because a lot of us get value out of working and earning money. Not everyone. Some of us get value from doing charitable work and things like that. And it's important to make sure what you're actually doing aligns with your value. But inheriting money might remove that. You know, not actually having to work for it. Inheriting money removes the self bubble, right? Yeah. But the self is, oh, yeah, I've inherited money. But are you okay with that? Exactly. Yeah. Like, it. I think it... it, it puts the most pressure on the self bubble if that makes sense yeah i what i've noticed with people who have inherited wealth or who come from families and then end up in the family business is that unless you're perfectly aligned with the family business and some people are but that's not always a given there's a true identity of okay am i just riding the coattails of some empire that my predecessors built and am i okay with it and there's a i've seen a lot of sort of Mm self-loathing and destructive behaviors when you're just you're reaping the benefits but you haven't created anything for yourself so then the smiley face in the middle and i know you guys have no idea what we're talking about because we're looking at this ultimately the goal is to have all of these overlapping circles work in concert with one another and right like it's a it's a it's a practice like anything and rarely do we have everything all totally figured out but Really, it's a framework for reflecting on the areas that go into financial success, as Chandler said earlier. So are you happy doing what you're doing to make money? Does that align with your values around lifestyle and the amount of money that you want? Are you in a career that allows you to make the type of money that you feel like you need to live? Because we're not saying money's happiness, but you need a certain amount of money to do the things that you want to do to live in the world. Yeah. Something that was running through my brain as well. I just was at a Nuggets game two nights ago, and I kind of thought through the lens of a a professional athlete going through this exercise. And we try to walk our clients through this exercise. So a professional athlete, emotions and self, they're very, very happy with what they're doing. I would think. They've worked their whole lives and now they're a professional athlete. And I think before recently, they weren't given the tactics and they'd often lose all their money. I mean, what's the statistic? 80% of professional athletes go bankrupt? I don't know the statistic, but I know that there's a lot of... Something. Yeah, Yeah. it's high. But now that they've actually started giving them the tools, the tactics, they're educating the athletes on the tactics, but a lot of them are still going bankrupt because there's so many emotions charged and like outside forces of family that they and friends that they want to buy things for and take care of so it's would be really helpful for someone like that to go through this exercise I think that's what makes our planning process different than others because a lot of advisors will just focus on tactics they won't even get into self they'll just say oh this is what you need to do without really researching what the client what their self bubble even is. And then even less dive into the emotions behind what you actually want and why you want it. And this is why we really developed this theory, basically, is putting our 
planning process into something digestible that more people can just do on their own? Well, I mean, I think that people can have more agency when it comes to their money, right? Like, I'm not saying don't hire professionals because that's we wouldn't have a job and a lot of what we do is we help with the emotional piece obviously the tactics is the the primary job description we are there to help you increase your net worth but so much of it is managing the emotional piece and also the self piece if somebody is not happy doing what they're doing that becomes part of their planning picture too if we're coaching somebody to who wants to build a business that's inherently part of our process also but so much of what we do is help people manage their emotions, wouldn't you say? Uh, absolutely, more than you would think. And I would say what we do in a nutshell is make all three of these bubbles sing, tickle their undercarriage a little bit and get them all to work in unison together to get to that smiley face area mm-hmm. of the Venn diagram. This is really just a peek behind the curtain, in my opinion, of what we do every day. Or, And I think... If you're listening and you're like, oh, this is interesting, um, some actionable things that you can do is you can take a piece of paper and you can take a pen and you can draw three overlapping circles and you can write self in one, emotions in the other, and tactics in the other. doesn't matter what order. And just do a little audit of your own financial lens, right? Um, write down in the self bubble what am I? What you're doing for your job? How much are you making? What are other things that go in the self bubble? What you're doing for your job? How much you're making? Your education? Mm-hmm. What what you've done so far? Certifications? You're on paper. Think of it like as a resume. A, a resume. Your resume. Like the the attributes that make you an employable citizen, right? So that would go in your self bubble. Emotions. So in your emotion bubble, in the Venn diagram, write out your feelings around money. Do you feel a scarcity mindset? Do you feel an abundance mindset? Do you have a problem with spending? Did you, your parents go through bankruptcy when you were a child and you heard a lot about that? Did you have a lot of money growing up? And does that affect how you save, what you do? Going through your actual story with money or even something that has also stuck out to me is a lot of people's experience with college. If you took out loans for college and you're paying those off, a lot of feelings are attached to debt. How do you feel about debt in general now because of that? Did you have college paid for you by a family member? Did you have a scholarship? Did you have to work really hard to get it paid for you? There's a lot of feelings around money that develop when you're ready to go to college. Or did you not even go and you just did something else, which is also has a mm-hmm. lot of feelings and emotions attached to it. So go right down in that bubble all your feelings around that. Then the tactics bubble is maybe write down the things that you have heard you should be doing. You have heard that these are the right things to do. Max out my 401k. Real estate, like make an Airbnb property. Write down the things, the tactics that you hear and that you've learned or that you're implementing now. And see how it all lines up. Think about the overlapping pieces too. And if what you're doing is aligning up with your emotions, if your tactics are lining up with yourself, like can your can your income even fuel the tactics you want to do? Mm-hmm. And then in the overlapping bubbles, what are we thinking about? I think the overlapping bubbles, like where self and tactics overlap, it's what are you actually doing right now? Are you contributing, are you using a high yield savings account? Mm-hmm. Are you contributing X to your 401k? Are you investing in Tesla? Mm-hmm. Are you a Robin Hood trader? You know, the actual tactics you're doing right now. 
then where self and emotions overlap, do you have self-efficacy is something that Annie and I have talked about a lot. Do you believe in yourself? What? It, how much money do you really want to make? Do you want to make $100,000? Do you want to make $10,000? Or do you want to make a million dollars a year? Like really tap into what, how much you want to make and why. Yeah. It's sort of your self-worth piece. Your self-worth piece. Yeah. yeah. And if what you're doing is giving you value, if it's like fueling you every day, I think... And I feel like people say this all the time, you know, love what you do for work because you do it every day. But it's really, it's true. And I think once you align yourself and your values, the work and the emotions behind what you're doing every day is when you really take off, which is basically our original thought process behind the naked cause. We wanted to do something that aligned with our values. Absolutely. So the emotion and the tactics overlap. I think it's, is, so look at what you're doing and what are the emotions fueled behind that? what you're doing. It could be how oh, my boyfriend says the best thing to do is, you know, short GameStop. So that's what I decided to do. It's like, okay, well, what are the feelings tied there? Do you really believe in that? Like, is that really aligning with where you want to be? Like your conservative mindset or like, is it aligning with your risk tolerance or, oh, Elon Musk says I should get crypto. Like, okay, is that really what you want? Totally. Where is your source of what is fueling your decision-making around your t- tactics? And is it emotionally driven by things that you saw your family do or some weird blog that or you, you know, that you read or a TikTok video? Or is it coming from being financially literate and doing your own research and having your own plan? Exactly. And I feel like all the examples that I just gave were all very negative. They could also be very positive. I think you can, the healthy person is aligned here so your emotions you feel good about yourself you know what you want from the world and you're doing the right tactics so everything I just said was slightly negative sounding but it could be very positive no, it definitely can and, and a lot of the savers that savers are the, our favorite clients because they have money um I but a lot of that comes from your upbringing and and so to, to Chandler's point it can be the emotions that we have around money can have a, a very positive influence on what we're doing tactically exactly so give it a go we'd love to hear some feedback this is a work in progress we'll try to share some visuals of this so that you can conceptualize i'm a visual thinker so it's harder for me to take it all in without seeing it but we've tried to make it as clear as possible so um again would love your feedback We're going to make a graphic and post it on our Instagram as well. So check it out there, too, if you want some visuals. We're both visual learners, so check that out. And this is honestly just a a tool. It's a stepping stone in putting together your own financial plan and understanding your feelings around money. So I hope it's helpful, and thank you so much for listening, and we'll... Well, maybe we'll both do our own later. Yeah, I mean, I think just before we close out, really to come full circle, because we started the podcast talking a little bit about the importance of self-care and growth and doing the things that really fill up your cup. And there's so many more ways that we can engage with our relationship with money. And we are so passionate about creating frameworks for thinking about how to do that in your own life, to be accessible in how we talk about money to suspend all judgment and shame from conversations around money and really encourage people to courageously and fearlessly do the work that's required to reach your goals, whatever they are. And we acknowledge that it can be totally scary because money is just one of those completely fucked things. 
So I'll leave you with that. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Have a good day.